everybody. This is Kelly Dixon coming at you with the Breaking Bad Insider podcast. Um, we are on our fifth episode of the final eight now. Um, this episode is number 513. It's called Tohajali. Um, and I'm here with uh, executive producer, creator Vince Gilligan. Yay! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're the I'm best cheerleader with, ever. <laughs> with uh, director Michelle McLaren. Hello. I'm Yay. here with uh, writer extraordinaire Tom Schnauz, although he didn't write this episode. I'm back. I'm <laughs> so like fucking, a bad penny. Fucking deal with I thought he was leaving. I'm going to talk about my poop. I'm going to talk about my balls. That's what George, that's what you get for not being here. That's yeah, right. <laughs> this episode was written by George Masters, but unfortunately he could not be here, so Tom Schnauz is here with, with us today. Um, we have a special guest here, Sharon Bialy, who is uh, one half of our casting team. Uh, of Bialy Thomas is the, the casting team, right? That's it. Hello. And uh, the other half is Sherry Thomas, who could yeah. not be here today, but thank you, Sharon, for being here. And uh, we also have a special guest with us, Gordon Smith, who is our writer's assistant. Hello. So we've got Yay. a three, and, a three and writer, writer of uh, Chicks and Guns. A writer. Uh, uh, Gordon yes. does uh, a lot of the, uh, I guess you call it, you do digital content. You do digital content. Yeah. You also do it for The Walking Dead, right? Yes, I do. And, um, and Gordon, you actually wrote a couple of like extra. Uh, 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 some, I've written some webisodes and scenes and various you're very talented I guess. he is indeed he's very talented and he is very talented at comedy which is really hard to do also thank you okay so great i'm so glad everybody's here let's jump right into this episode um this episode is uh wow i mean it it there is so much that happens in this episode and it leaves us probably with vince when we were working on this like last week we, mm -hmm. we just locked this episode for all of you out there we just locked this locked this episode last week um, it is now, uh, I don't even know what the date is, May 18th, yeah. and we're about two-thirds done um, with posting the show, the final eight of the show. We but can't talk about music on this thing. We can't talk about stuff like that because we haven't, we haven't, we haven't even yet. heard it yet. But Vince, when we were working on this episode last week, you said that this is the cliffhanger that everybody is going to be so upset with. Oh, yeah. No, I, I said in the editing room, and listen, we've had a lot of cliffhangers. We, 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 we are, take pride, great pride in our cliffhangers. Uh, we, we put them at the end of teasers. We put them at the end of acts. We certainly put them at the end of episodes and at se of seasons. But I, I got to thank this one. Maybe this one and maybe the, the season ended where Jesse shot Gail. Uh, the, the two I could think of off the top of my head where the audience literally is probably going to be angry at us. Like, why the hell did you leave me hanging right there? You know, it's funny, right too, at because that moment? I remember thinking that you were wrong last week, and then I kind of went on a marathon yesterday and watched a bunch of them. I'm like... I think that you're right. Yeah. I think people are going to be really upset. Yeah. Um, not to jump ahead, but Michelle, you have you know uh, outdone yourself with the with the shootout that you have created at the back end of this thing. It is. I mean, I don't see how you get all this stuff done and still sleep. But you know, yeah. I'm impressed. Um, my assistant, my my editing assistant, Chris, is here running the board. We actually worked on this together, and we are incredibly both. Of, I'm going to speak for him as well. We're incredibly impressed well, with the work that you got done. Well, Kelly, thank you so much, and Chris, thank you so much. But this is a collaboration, and Kelly and Chris have completely outdone themselves okay, in now editing. Now we're glad this. handing both of ourselves. No, but it's know. it's true. We, I didn't start it's, out this way. No, 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 no. It's true though. I mean, uh, a shootout like this, it's 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 half of it's made in the editing room and you guys with and i think vince you'll agree with me you oh, know with yeah. the with the not only the picture 
texture editing, the sound editing. The sound works excellent. It's, yeah, it's it's it's, it's great. all excellent. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's really uh, we we had a lot of fun cutting it, it was and, really and fun. It, it was you know it was it was a good thing to do. But it's boy, is this ever a, a a collaboration this is a of a big lot of people. Cliffhanger, though, just and, like you and said. by all rights, this scene should not even be in the episode. No, that is so not true. It is in the script. <laughs> Vince thought I actually snuck a shootout into the episode. I kind of did. I mean, in five ten, <laughs> in five in five ten, I didn't get the shootout. So you know, five thirty. No, no. In all seriousness, it is in the script. Right, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I am. Re- it's so funny how much of things in there. I know. You know back Believe in four or five, there this. was no there was no real montage, and you snuck it back in there. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, right. We were budgetarily, we were not allowed to. We couldn't shoot the montage for some reason, but we still did. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. Which 405? 405, 405 which, shotgun. Shotgun. That was the uh, one where they the, run, the, the, they the, were the, driving the, around in the car, right? That right. Jesse and Mike. And oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Walt in the lab. Oh, that anyway, was that's fantastic. All other, that's a whole other season. In 307, the whole thing with the cousins, <laughs> totally improvised. Yeah, yeah, right on the spot. <laughs> 410, Don Eladio, you know, the whole thing That's in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't supposed to start shooting it in Mexico yeah. either. There wasn't even a character. Michelle just, just likes guns. <laughs> she just likes guns. That's she it. She does. <laughs> She's Do like, get know, the biggest gun. I actually Is it on camera? Don't. Is it I, in focus? I actually don't like guns. I mean, I I, I like shooting with them. I mean, filming with them. Uh, you Freudian. like you like uh, you like drama. No, I like all drama. joking aside, you like drama. And I guns do. are uh, uh, are let's not let's not beat around the bush. They're they're used for some very dramatic purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them bad, but dramatic nonetheless. So, well, and and uh, and I'll say uh, George Masters, who couldn't be here with us today. He he writes. He writes great shootouts. George I mean, likes guns. George likes guns. Yes. George is, uh, yes, a very adept. He should uh, marry a gun. He should marry a gun. That's how much he likes guns. <laughs> I'm sorry George couldn't be here. He did a great job writing this one. He did. He did. Yeah. So let's uh, let's uh, jump right in. Um, I'm going to start out with, uh, you know, obviously the first episode, I mean, the first scene of the show where we're, le- you know, Todd and Uncle Jack and Lydia and Kenny are leaning over you know, this, uh, I think it's actually an iconic shot that you developed the first, your first directing uh, episode, right, Michelle? 209, yeah. Where we, we, we're looking underneath them pouring blue meth into like a Pyrex container. And this sort of harkens back to that where now it's certainly not blue. Yeah, this stuff's not really so sucks. blue. Yeah. You know, it's not like, any good. Like, vaguely phlegm colored. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> kind of piss yellow. We had a lot of conversations about the exact color. We right? did, we yeah. did. We did tests. And yeah. uh, we want. Can and then you tell you, us what exactly it is? What what the stuff is? Um, you know, I it's think a it might be grade of meth. Yeah, it's a little grade meth. Um, <laughs> I think it might be a combination of corn syrup and stuff. I can't remember what the effects guys. So it's definitely not did. blue. It's no, it's it's. Um, and they had to do different consistencies. I mean, we shot a lot of tests and and yeah. uh, you know looked at the con- consistency of it and. Um, and came up with this, so I don't. I don't know how the guys thicken it. I think they so do. It someone gave me a bucket and said, "Fill it." That's <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, oh, so basically, man. Todd's cut. Todd's cook really sucks. But using that to segue to Sharon here, who is responsible for the casting that you know we have on yes, the show. We've never really talked much about it because we haven't had the pleasure of having you. We've here. talked about it, but not enough. And 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 it's uh, Sharon's uh, visit here is long overdue. And uh, Sharon and her partner Sherry have uh, been. You guys cast the pilot, and uh, and thank you for being here. Yeah, 
Our pleasure. Yeah, since yeah. day one. Yeah, since day one. <laughs> Can you talk because you know this is something that even I I've been in the business for a while now. Even I, this is a mystery to me. The whole casting process. Can you talk a little bit about the process? Like what happens? Does does, does Vince call you as a producer and say, "Okay, I'm looking for this." Well, in terms of this episode or the beginning, just in in well, general, in, in from episode to episode, you know, we're involved early on, so we get the outlines, so we can start to think about, and the outlines are really helpful for us because you start to let it sit with you for a while, so you know what's coming before you see it on the page, so you can start to and you get to visualize. You get to know what happens. We love outlines here. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's really helpful, also because you know in advance what the tone is, so that's important when you're placing people in each individual episode. And it, you know, just to reiterate, I'm sure I've talked about this before on other podcasts, but just so everybody out there knows outlines here are not just bullet point you know little summaries our our outlines our writers actually write their outlines like a little short story right so um it's like everybody whenever you get an outline you just cannot wait to read it because it doesn't take that long well, and it also and you get to know what's going on yeah and it allows us they're so good and so well detailed and you guys don't uh, waver from the outline to the script right. we can actually prep off them and and so the writers are very good about giving casting a heads up if we're looking for something you know a character an actor that's going to be pretty specialized which often happens in this show you need want some advance notice and so to get early heads up is great and then we have our casting concept call once we right. have the so script. every time we get the script then we have an official casting concept call when we'll go through all of the characters and talk about qualities that you know Vince is looking for. We might bring up a prototype, which would be like, you know, what about a Bill Clinton type? You know? Sure. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, it answers with something you taught me. Many things you've taught me. One thing you've taught me is, you know, doesn't have to. It seems like an obvious thing to say, but you know, it could be. It doesn't have to be a living actor, or it doesn't have to be an actor. I at use all. dead prototypes a lot. Yeah, yeah, Humphrey Bogart type. <laughs> right, I mean, you right. know, it's a uh, you know, Jimmy Cagney type. In terms type. of uh, you yeah. know qualities well, that you're looking for, like not necessarily because I definitely want you to talk about our guys, you know, that are in this episode that you know are are I guess guest cast in mm -hmm. this episode. But we've had some kind of maybe it's not unusual, but I guess you know in my uh, naivete, I think that there's been some unusual situations, like the guy, the German guy that that sent us a videotape, right, from Madrigal, the guy who spoke only in German. The the fellow uh, uh, Carrington Vilmot, Carrington yes. yes. Vilmot, who right? who was the right. who was the uh, the representative of the chemists, who Does was talking about the French. Yeah. No, well, what happens is we do the casting here in Los Angeles, but I go to New York a lot, about oh, okay. four times a year, and I'm meeting actors and doing like a theater extravaganza, you know, okay. seeing five shows in three days kind of thing. Well, but what we do is we, ha we have actors self-tape if we think they're right, no matter where they are, Texas, New York, all over the country. So those come in to us first, and sometimes we'll give them notes to do it again because what on this show, which is fabulous, is Gordon is writing fake audition scenes. So that That's we don't new, give though, right? Is that new? No, he's been doing it for... Few a while. He, he didn't yeah. do it since it relatively. Yes, it has been a couple seasons. A couple seasons. Relatively. Right. So basically, yeah. let me just um, like kind of uh, summarize that, or you guys can. What's going on in our show is we don't want anything to get out. We don't want spoilers to get out because people on the internet are rampant with spoilers for our right. show. So, you know, you, get, you guys decided, I guess, a few seasons ago to have um, Gordon, who is a writer's assistant, an up-and-coming writer, um, write... 
audition new, stuff. You know, audition stuff that right. has nothing to do with our show. And just just to clarify, because part of the reason is they have to be sent to the people they're going to self tape away. But also, if it's a big scene, actors need to prepare. Mm-hmm. They can't just come in and do it cold. And what we do differently on this show than any other show is we individually watermark those pages with the actor's name so that it doesn't get out to the public. The so fake it's, scene. Right, the fake scene. So it's actually very time-consuming. So we know But what, what, what has happened through the last two seasons is among the acting community in this country, they all feel that the fake scenes are better than anything they're reading all year long on every other show. Thank so you. that's a tribute. So literally, when, especially I remember when we were casting Lydia, the actress was like, this is unbelievable. This is not the real scene. And I'm sorry, it's not the real scene. And, and didn't that happen? Gordon, didn't you, did you rewrite the, the scene for Jesse Plemons too? Wasn't yes. that quite a bit different? That was really interesting. The scene yeah. for Jesse Plemons, the, the Lydia scene, I had the, it was, was great because I had Vince's scene in hand and can kind of sort of take it, strip everything out Remind of it. Remind us and like, what or, the scene was. Uh, it was the scene with her and um, and Mike in the diner. So it was, it was oh, our very first yeah, scene with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and it became like her hiring somebody to to commit an art heist, basically. Um, but the the Jesse Plummins scene, we, although we'd pitched it and we were kind of in the midst of breaking sort of the episodes where he started to have important stuff to do when we when he was being cast it was during 503 when he basically just says hi mr white i moved something in that house that you're about to cook in so we didn't have a scene written we had sort of an idea of what like a major scene in 506 was going to be but we didn't we didn't have it so it was like just making stuff up basically to see that was hopefully going to get to the spirit of everything that we we pitched in the room and that we we wanted the character to be so, so what did you do you made him a military yeah it was, it was basically military. like somebody in you know afghanistan or somebody something who had the details were sort of vague but it was that had sort of touched off an incident and got into a firefight and maybe and raped a girl a local girl maybe like that. was yeah. was he wow. a soldier or something or ex-military he was it was set in yeah so it's set in there where you know this yeah. this and he's being brought to task by his higher ups because so. i remember when jesse Plemons got the job and he came he said he was really shocked to find out he wasn't in the military I know. <laughs> poor jesse he was so confused i was like yeah go tent that house what kind of dramatic scene did i read here a little bit of a bait and switch but well actually because the actors then really have to trust the casting directors in the room which doesn't happen on other shows because number one we know what's going on so we might give them a direction and it doesn't make any sense to them and we say just trust us just let that go and they do and when we go that was great they go really yeah and well they, also they can't figure out why and well, we can't tell them why it was great but also you're you're casting some pretty big parts but what you first get is pretty small like Giancarlo right you know when yeah. the, for his first uh episode he I think he felt like he was a waiter yeah right. and he thought oh my god what have I got myself into yeah. <laughs> well and that's one of the requirements in a way of casting Breaking Bad is you don't know what character is going to stay on and live so part of what Sherry and Russell and I who's our casting associate do is you really look for actors with great depth for even the smallest role because we don't know where they're gonna go and we know if the writers start falling in love with them they'll keep writing to them and yeah, yeah that has happened too Absolutely. I mean I don't know every instance but I do, I do. know yeah it's amazing know. because but so many of our series regulars they all started as a guest star well I know that That's even true. in the yeah. pilot Crazy 8 was supposed to be dead and I know that um, the editor at that time Lynn 
Willingham, who got the pilot, and I, who I, when I was assisting, we were kind of like saying to you, why can't they? Is there That's any right. way? And you actually did something that you hadn't planned on doing, and you were... Yeah. You know, and then, you know, of course, everybody knows by. about, you know, Jesse Pinkman, you know, you know, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so yeah. Well, the funniest so thing they happened. don't know is when Vince calls and says, I have a part coming up and it's going to be really difficult to cast and he doesn't have any lines. And I need a great actor. Okay, Wait, that was. But wait, was that's that? Mark was, yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. I, when you we brought him, nominated in, for an Emmy. he got nominated for an yeah. Emmy without yeah. saying a you word. You have found you and Sherry have found us such wonderful actors. And and going again, going back to the pilot, I wouldn't. Anna Gunn wouldn't be on this show. Uh, no, none of them would be. Uh, Je- Aaron Paul, uh, Dean Norris, all these people. Yeah, well, but that's our job. I mean, thank you for that comment. But our job is to find the actors for you. We found you. the right ones. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's Tell the story about Anna. Right Anna, we just had Anna in the room because we tape all these podcasts, some, a lot of them back-to-back. And uh, tell Because uh, Anna uh, was, had just come off of Deadwood. Right. Well, pilot. Anna didn't show up for her first two auditions with the casting office because she was so sick. Oh, that's right. And I had known Anna Gunn through the theater and had used her as a reader when I was auditioning for theater. She would be my reader because wow. I didn't want to read Shakespeare because I'm not that good at it or wow. anything that had any, you know, kind of timing issue with it. So she used to come in and be my reader and every single time the director would turn to me and said, well, why don't we just cast her? <laughs> She's great, yeah. <laughs> she was really sick and she didn't show up and she didn't show up and I finally called her at home and said, you have to come in here because this is a once in a lifetime role. It's fantastic. And wow. she was like, oh, She sick. actually talked about that. She I talked said, about take that some in... echinacea and fucking get your ass. <laughs> 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 she talked about that last season when she came Did in. We? Yeah, Did she we? Yeah, she talked about Did that. Well, it's good said, to hear from she said, uh, Sherry. Sherry. Sherry made me come in and she, oh my God, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, have, I have a question for you. Um, when, you know, going along the lines when you're saying the challenge of, of uh, finding a really great actor that doesn't have any dialogue, how has it changed from when you started casting the show to, to you well, know, getting into later seasons. Because the first season, we weren't that popular of a show. That's right, yeah. I mean, we re- you know, or as Tess Harper said, I love that little meth show. <laughs> 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 you know, but, you know, we weren't a popular show to the point in the last two seasons where everyone's calling and they all to want get to get on one the show. To, yeah. you know? so, Tess Harper, that early, that was an early one where I thought, oh my God, we got an Oscar winner. I love Tess Harper. Yeah, that she was, was great. That episode, was a great idea you had. <laughs> our episode 103, but everybody else out there will know it as episode 104. Right. She plays, she's Tess Harper, Te- Jesse's yeah. mom. Jesse Pinkman's mom. Jesse Pinkman's mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, can you, I just remember the, the episode, one of the episodes that I worked on. Um, where we had a new, I think she was a young actress. She was the woman, the the young teenage girl in the in the convenience store out in the desert. Jolene Purdy. I, yes. She just yeah. did such yeah. a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had heard good, that she yeah, was a yeah, new, yeah. new actress. She did a great <laughs> good job. Great she did job. A really great job. She was I think fantastic. She was from ta- Texas uh-huh. or something, and you know, and she had to like walk in there and be you know acting with. Dean, Dean. Yeah. and and uh, and and uh, Aaron. I mean, and, yeah. you know, but it's just fun because I, you know, as we go along, we sort of hear some of these casting stories. But well, the know, fun I, part is you see the actors who start off in Breaking Bad and then they go on to do all the other shows. And I think we followed, you know, Vince's rule and not finding actors who were known or recognizable from every are. other television yeah. show. And, and now. Yeah. Everybody looks to Breaking Bad 
to cast there. I mean, literally the head of Warner Brothers casting said, oh, I just watched the episodes that you do, and then we just bring wow. them in for our movies. I love it. <laughs> but you <laughs> found, wow. you found wow. such great people going way back to, uh, who was uh, Kyle Born? Born? Kyle Bornheimer. Bornheimer. Who's, Bornheimer. Who did this guy who's on the, line, on the line at the bank, right? Yeah, he yeah. was Ken Wins. Ken Wins? He was the guy in the, the episode Three, I guess it was. Yeah, it was four, one hundred three. Where he, uh, or, where yeah. Walt, Walt blew up his car, shorted out the battery in his BMW and yeah. blew it up. And now well, he's well, a, that now was a big just, star. That was, you know, she yeah. just thought he was fantastic, and and then you know there were actors like Bill Burr. Bill Burr's a great who example. Came in to meet with us because he loved the show the first season, and I didn't really know who Bill Burr was, and I said, yeah, sure, come on in, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just you know kind of talked for an hour, and. When you get to know, and we, the nice thing about Unbreaking Bad is we can spend time with actors because I think part of it, we're not cranking out 22 a year, and the other yeah. part is we have advance notice, so mm -hmm. you can sit and spend time with an actor, and it sits with you, and then two years, I think it was two years later. I think you're right. When Kubi came along, yeah. it was like, wow, what about Bill Burr? Yeah. You know, well, you, you had said to me, have you heard of a, a stand-up comic uh, yeah. named Bill Burr? And I said, no. And you said, he's really, would love to do the show. He's a big fan. Uh, here, check out his, check him out on YouTube. And I watched him, and I thought he was hilarious. And, and yeah, and then we found a found a, found a part for him. Yeah. And then we all want, went and watched his live uh, stand-up. Oh, he was, was great. Fantastic. See, here's the funny. funny thing that happens in Hollywood is actors and casting directors get typecast. So because Sherry and I have had such success in drama, we both started in comedy. <laughs> we couldn't get a comedy or can't get one. So really? we just keep taking people from the comedic world yeah. and putting them in Breaking Bad. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> Lavelle, all these you know, really funny guys. I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, if you can do comedy, you can do drama. Yeah. If you can do drama, you can't necessarily Absolutely. do comedy. But but I, I think, by and large, the reverse is true. Comedy, with that timing and that ability to not step on your own joke and to be funny, is just, uh, I, I think all the time of, of yeah, I think of the, well, Bob Odenkirk. I think of Bob Odenkirk. I'd only really seen him on Mr. Show and, but you know, when when you presented us with the thought that you know we could we could go with Bob and and, and just uh, Bob Odenkirk is the only actor in five seasons that Vince offered the role to. That is true. Anybody well, without, else without, 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 well, without without seeing him read. No, Brian. What well, Brian came in and met. Yeah, Brian came in and met, uh, and you know Brian never read. When you had worked part, with but, Brian, but yes, so. but uh, yeah, but but that's that's you're, you're right. Yeah, I'd forgotten. That. We uh, we've had we've been blessed, especially in later seasons, with people wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actors wanting to be on the show. You yeah. know, the other thing you guys do, we, 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 the other thing we do is um, uh, we have uh, Kira Rai, who's our casting director in New Mexico, yes. and it was Sherry Rhodes at the beginning, um, and. Um, you, we really try to look at local talent as well, local being Arizona, Texas, and New Mexico, and which you guys, you know, uh, oversee, obviously, and, and, um, and, and we look for some of the parts there as well as in Los Angeles well, and Well, and I'll have to say how good Kira is. We'll, we watch all her auditions so that every, everybody's on the same page creatively. And we will watch some of her 
some of the meth heads. Yeah. And we're like, we cannot beat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she nailed it. Yeah. And we'll have 25 people they come in. And we'll watch her. Meth heads and we go, and, uh, wow. That was well, awesome. and because and Vince, you really, you really like to hire <laughs> people who are, are uh, real yeah. people. Right. <laughs> you, you love to hire real people. And Kira, the places that Kira and, and Christina have gone to hire people and, and to meet people and, and uh, you know, whether it be meetings, uh, you know, AA meetings or, or whatever, uh, they found some incredible talent over the years that is true that uh, we have been blessed it's interesting uh the way casting has changed i mean i was on the x-files seven years we used to rick milliken was our was our casting uh, person who did a wonderful job on the x-files and i would walk 20 30 yards to his office and i would attend uh, uh these 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 audition sessions and uh when whenever i could and uh, now with uh technology being what it is and and i'm i've this helps with our schedule. This helps with making our days, but I feel like something got a little lost in the process. It makes me a little sad, but we watch now. You, you We don't interact with you uh, personally as much as we used to, uh, and it's only by phone. I've never actually been to you guys' uh, office. It's unusual, and, but it, yeah. in, for this show, we don't ever have producers and directors in the room. But we turned it into a positive because there's something for an actor who walks into a room and there's not seven people yeah. sitting and watching. Yeah. They realize they don't have to nail it the yeah. first time. So we'll have an actor do the first one, and then we always give them another one. And we call yeah. it because of the drive on the 405. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. you guys yeah. you guys direct them a lot. You know, you, you, you'll give yeah. them the other t- take the time to give them notes. We and, do. We take and, a long time yeah. in the room. So, you know, sometimes we're in a room with an actor for 20, 30 minutes just for one you know, small scene just to, so they can relax. That that level of commitment uh, that you guys make to this process is invaluable, and it's helped so much. And we found you found such wonderful people for us because of that. And you videotape it, and then we watch it on the computer uh, here in this writers' room, uh, former writers' room that we're recording this in. And uh, and and you're talking about people taping themselves. That used to be a process where you had to go find someone with a camcorder now or you whatnot. Can just do it on your iPhone. You do it on your <laughs> iPhone now. That that fellow like Carrington, that fellow from who did such a great job, the German chemist. He just probably shot himself Laura in his Frazier iPhone. self taped in her home in upstate New York. She was a great find. Great job finding mm-hmm. Laura. She we was fantastic. I've had some amazing peop, uh, scenes that people have self-taped. And we should the, we, absolutely. It, I mean, they have who have gone really all out fight scenes, you know, yeah. whatever. It's we are very entertained by a lot of them. <laughs> Can you talk yeah. to us about um, about I guess Uncle Jack and Kenny, Michael Bowen, a good Kevin Rankin? Yeah, we oh, brought Kevin in had. Kevin Rankin. I think this was his third Is that audition okay. through the years. I'd Maybe his fourth, that. but I think his third. A number of actors came in multiple times and for different roles. They didn't care. They just oh. kept coming in. And I always feel guilty about that. And this is a perfect segue to say to any actors who may be listening to this or their friends who've heard stories about, you know, uh, folks who have who, there's so many I always feel guilty having to hire just one actor because I can't tell you how many times we've we've watched your taped auditions on the computer and said to ourselves for any given role my god what a what a deep bench what a wealth of talent I wish we could hire more than one actor we I can't tell you how many people came I don't know if this would make anyone listening happier or sadder but some people came so close and it and it it doesn't 
the, the level of people you bring to us, it never comes down to, ooh, that person's not talented enough. Right. It's always a question of coloration, of, of you know, what little bits of emotion uh, particular actors bring to the part. What, what certain physicality do they have? What, it's just a lot of indefinable elements that, you know, we, but all the actors you guys bring us are so wonderful. Well, what I will a, say for the actors listening is all the actors who are auditioning for Breaking Bad stripped their ego and just did the work and that in this town sometimes it's like I'm not going to read for a guest star you know Giancarlo Esposito had a huge body of work and came in to read for a very small role in his episode and he's an actor who usually doesn't read but he was willing to trust and strip the ego and came in and read for casting and you know and look the rest what he is became. history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy cow! Oh, got yeah. his face shut off. <laughs> I loved it. Blown off. And didn't uh, Stephen Bauer self tape? I loved no, his. He uh, came in and read. Oh, he came yeah. in and read for you guys, but I, I Jonathan loved. Jonathan Banks came in and read. That was and amazing. I remember saying, "Oh my Jonathan God, thank you so much!" And he goes, "Oh, I needed a job." I <laughs> was. I remember seeing him come up on the computer screen. I was like, "Oh my God, it's it's uh it's the it's the guy from uh, my one." Of my favorite shows wise ever guy. wise guy mcpike mcpike he was sherry's McPike. note we all keep notes on our session sheets and sherry's note was does it get any better than yeah. this wow but uh so many just uh, all the actors who may or may not be listening uh just you know stick with it and know uh when you when you don't get a job for sometimes i don't know if this makes it better or worse but sometimes it was so damn close and and you know we wish we could hire more than more than one it's of like, you yeah it's just like the writing job just perseverance i mean there's so many times yeah. so many right it just you just have to keep trying and trying and trying like we the actor morris bicknell is that yeah. his last name yeah. he, he i think he auditioned for our show more than any other actor and we were finally able to give him a role as declan's secondhand uh, sidekick his, who his, he finally has yeah. a, he, and he had a speaking role in uh, in 510 that's so right we were glad to do that he came up in that's in right wow 506 i think i mean 506 for the first time. I feel guilty when we see actors more than once, especially the folks uh, who... No, you shouldn't feel guilty. It's a compliment. Because if they're coming back in, that means we admired and respected something about them, and it just didn't work that out. That is true. That is true. And that is the way, hopefully, anyone listening who, who's doing this for a living, uh, look at it that way. If you're being asked back, it, you know, try not to think of it in terms of, oh, Jesus, yet again for the third time I didn't get hired. But just know that you're getting asked back because somebody somewhere... Because uh, we liked Morris really for so him. many roles for so many different, he kept coming up, and we really liked him, and he almost would always make it. And just yeah. like for the German-speaking scientist, he was almost the guy. And then we went another direction, and just uh, yeah. you know, it's not that anybody's that he's he was bad. He was great. It was just yeah, and he's just, just one of many, many. It just yeah. in the sense of yeah, you're exactly right. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's a tough gig, but if it were easy, everybody'd be doing it. And he, so. he kept coming back, and it and it worked out. And he ended up getting, instead of a one-off, he got, you know, four episodes yeah. instead of just one. That's right. So I hate to do this, but we should probably jump I into know. the episode. I know. You're right. <laughs> um, so basically, Todd's cook, he really sucks at cooking. He's no good at this. I, I don't know if he's no good. I just think he's just not as good as Mr. White. Well, Seven, 76 percent. as good as Mr. White? 76 percent's I mean, not, not that. I think in the world of meth, uh, not counting uh, Heisenberg, uh, 76 is probably a pretty legitimate uh, purity level. But not good enough for our international buyers. 
Yes. Okay. The very discerning meth heads at the... In, in those Slavic types. Not the shake and bake uh, <laughs> outfit, but the, uh, the very uh, discerning the Slavic types. But, uh, yes. but anyway, so we so Todd assures Lydia that he's going he's gonna to make it better. He knows how to make it better. He burned it this time. He thinks yeah. he might have burned it. Burned yeah. the color right out of it. That's right. Um, and he seems to be kind of vibing on Lydia a little, doesn't he? Yeah, sort of like schoolboy, I guess. Yeah, like like uh yeah like uh, opie hitler <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and and uh and and we're, we did you guys did a little bit uh again a little bit of a time jump with this episode where uh as he's as uh as todd is saying goodbye to lydia and she's off you know in the background there driving her little red prius away um uh Walt actually makes a phone call, and this is the call that Walt made at the end of episode five twelve. Um, and uh, so we've gone back in time a little bit. We've gone back. We, in we've time. been doing that this season. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and now we get to see that the other side of that phone call, where um, Todd is actually getting the phone call, and Walt says, you know, that he wants Jack to kill Jesse Pinkman. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, by the way, this is my favorite episode. I got to tell you, this this is the best one. <laughs> I love I love I love Jesse Plemons. Uh, I love all our actors. I love, in particular, Jesse. I love the way he throws it away. You think, well, you know, one time uh, uh, Jesse uh, really. I mean, Jesse hates Todd. Jesse punched him, you know. But but Todd gets the news. Oh, you want to kill Jesse Pinkman? Okay, yeah, I'll tell my uncle. Click. And he's like, he's not even. He just completely. And then he does something. Just just we just could not believe it. Um, I, I will say that um that my assistant Chris uh I uh, I let him cut half the show, and he cut this scene. And I did, I mean I looked at the dailies. What are you off doing, by the way, when he's doing all your work? I'm not- <laughs> Where are you? I knew that was going to come up. No. Podcast. No. No. I, I actually, it's funny, you know, and just to, to touch on it very briefly, um, this is how it should be happening in, in this industry. It's, you know, that this is how I was raised, and I feel like I not only I have to give back, but I want to give back. Doing other people's work for them? No. Giving them uh, opportunities. No, yeah, you, you just give kidding. opportunities. Yes, and, no, the apprentice, and, uh, the apprentice uh, method. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. You know, and and that's you know, I feel like that I'm a huge proponent of it. This is what happened to me. I'm I'm lucky as hell. I got the golden ticket in Hollywood. For God's sakes, Vince, I got my move up on Breaking Bad. You know, right. thanks I, to you. I don't want you to ever forget how long. I will never ever forget it. I think seventy percent of her rate that she's been paying you every episode is fair enough. All right. But but the thing is, Sounds is good. that I would not have gotten that opportunity had I not been working for an editor who gave me an no, opportunity no. to do that. Um, and so what I was going to say was Chris cut this scene and I had watched the dailies. But, you know, I mean, I just watched it. I don't tell Chris what to do. Um, I tell him what to do after he gives me the scene. And then I said, OK, this, 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 I want you to do this, this and this. But uh, when I saw what he had done at the end there where he had Jesse Plemons, um, excuse me, Jess Todd, uh, pick that cup up and put his mouth right on the lipstick. I was just like, that is so... And I, I gotta tell you, that's awful. Yeah. You know, and I, I, Michelle, obviously, you knew what was gonna I, you know, happen, no, but it was just no, hilarious. No, no, I, I was like, this guy a, is such a weirdo. No, I gotta give a shout out to Jesse Plemons <laughs> because because Jesse is, all our actors are come so prepared. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is such a treat. 
Jesse really, really, like everybody else, comes prepared and he really thinks about little nuances yeah. that he brings every time that he does a scene. And that was not in the script and I did not ask him to do it. And on the first take, he picked up that cup and took a sip and I just went, oh my God. God, that right is, out of the lipstick. That is area. that was yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah because was, you know, just to just to let everybody know, there is now in the show there is you know what we call an insert. It's a very close up shot of Jesse's thumb or Todd's thumb going across that lipstick. But when Chris which was in the script, it, yeah, yeah. But when Chris originally cut it, it, was not there. That was something that was shot later. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't there when Chris originally cut it. And so you weren't like, uh, I wasn't like you know, kind of like keyed into that lipstick as I was watching the scene, you know, he had kind of, you know, he was holding the cup and he was talking to Mr. White and then he picks up and puts his lips right on. I was like, you are weird. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It, it was just, great. It was you know, very, it's, very it's, cool. it's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, those were my lips on that cup. So. Nice. On the insert. They were, they were Laura's lips on the, on the, on the day and then <laughs> the on the insert. insert it was. Funny. Um, <laughs> but you know what? The one last thing to say about it, it it's, it, uh, it, it's it's two things. It seems to me it's uh, it's it's having those ideas as an actor, but it's also not hitting them too hard because the what the the reason that works for me is he throws it away so completely. If he if he got all kind of fetishistic about it yeah. and was like you know, and <laughs> then it would have just been bad acting. It would have been oh that's like the worst thing I've ever seen. But because he throws it away, it's, it's so perfect. great. And it's and it's you know that's that's a, again a credit to the script and you guys because I remember in the tone meeting we talked about that and we talked about how this needs to be a very matter of fact moment. Yeah. You know it's it's like Walt's calling him up and asking if he'll pick up his dog at daycare or something. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. It's 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 it, he shouldn't react to this and that it's just the cold psychotic uh, Todd. And, and, and it's great. So the rest of the country is listening and thinking, these people in Hollywood have their dogs in dates. <laughs> 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 what the hell is wrong with that coast? I'm, so, I'm not sure why it's so, dog and So since, have a dog. since the last episode, uh, Jesse is working with Hank. Yeah. Hank. He's staying at the house. Hank's got him working for him. And now Hank is going to talk to Gomez about the situation. So I meet, you know, underneath the freeway. Great location, you guys. Great location. Horrible for sound. But, you know. Great location. Great looking location. Just to tell everybody else uh, out there, the sound on this thing is just, I mean, you know, our sound guy works very, very hard. But when you're shooting underneath, a a uh, an active a highway overpass, a freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks great. And we, which, which we, we consciously knew going into it. I mean, he we will do happy. this. Daryl's not happy about it. Well, I'm sure. and we'll do this on occasion. I and mean, we always try to when we pick locations, we always try to be cognizant of the sound and take it into consideration. But sometimes there's a location that you want so much that you decide that you're going to yeah. to sacrifice certain things, or, or you're going to be challenged. Let's say not sacrifice, but you're going to be challenged, um, and and hope that you're going to you know be able to to shoot it because it was such a visually yeah. it was a great location we wanted to do some it some of the best places visually are the worst places for sound they can That's be kind yeah. of a truism. absolutely yeah. I mean, so we see though that that um jesse is working with with i mean we see that that hank that jesse is in the in hank's car gomez is now involved they go to uh hank's house and gomez brings you know he's gone to the grocery store and gotten some brains yeah and we also find out um that Huel is now uh, being watched out for by another DEA agent who doesn't really know what's going on. Right. Um, and Huel is, is somewhere else. 
But uh, Hank then brings the brains and drops them plop right on the kitchen floor. Yep. And Michelle, obviously, you guys did a, a plexi kind of. Uh, we did. We did. You know, one of our, our patented uh, put the plexi over the, mm-hmm. the camera shots, which in that case, of course, we had to do use a small camera. I think probably one of the. Um, uh, or maybe. No, I'm sorry. We didn't do that. You know what we did? We This is a rare occasion. We actually used. Uh, I believe we used a low angle prism, which oh, Michael does not normally like to yeah, to do. Those. But that way, we were able to use the film camera. I, I think that's what we did. And um, so you had it at ninety degree angle. We did, to yeah. The, to the brains coming down. Yeah, so you're not exactly. actually underneath something where they drop it literally down. your at ninety degrees. Yeah, you're slightly, you're slightly off the angle. The lens is underneath. But, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. But You've the got, camera's like, a lens. two and a half feet long. So if you had to put it on its end, you'd have to be that right. Much so it's up. it's it's kind of in front of you, and mm-hmm. and anyway. Um, uh, but what's interesting about that, and I hope Aaron's okay that I tell this, is Aaron had a hard time shooting that scene because he has a gag reflex when he saw the brains. And you guys cutting it had to it's cut around nasty. this. It is, yeah. He couldn't he couldn't control his, his gag reflexes. Yeah. So throughout the whole shooting of the scene, poor Aaron was gagging yeah. the entire time, which we which we cut around. It was pretty nasty. It was, it was gross. <laughs> just kidding. It's, it's one of those things. Did, what did, what did uh, Dean kidding. feel like when he had to pull him apart? Are oh, Dean was hands? like, yeah, whatever. Oh, his hands absolutely. Okay. Dean, Dean That's had, what Dean eats for breakfast. Yeah, Dean, <laughs> Dean were, had no problem. Were they giving Were they giving uh, uh, Aaron a hard time? No, I mean Aaron was really cool about it. He 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 was very professional. So they weren't everything. telling him like, "Hey, look at this." No, <laughs> no, because we all felt really bad. So he's doing all this so they can take a picture so they can fool Huel into telling them where Walt's money is. This is a fun scene with Huel. Yeah, can I just can I just clarify one thing for for for, for Dean and and Aaron um, and people listening watching the show? Uh, that blood was fake. So we did wash and clean the brains and put fake blood. So these guys were not pouring and t- putting their hands around uh, bl- real blood. I just want to, I just think we should clarify Why, that. So. Was it that important to clarify? <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out if you want. But. What, what was the concern? Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease? <laughs> Bacteria, maybe? Bacteria oh, you mean what was our concern? Yeah, wait a minute. Well, you have you to can... work day in and day out with Dean, period. And then you're worried about... You know, as far as like disease, and, and I think stuff. you should. I, I think that in, <laughs> I in, in, in fairness the to the to the gentleman that owns the house, that you mm-hmm. guys were dumping these brains on his tile floor. Yeah, we did I seal just, the floor. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, we uh, clean up. We clean up everything once we're gone. That's we, true. You never know. Like we were you there. never knew we were there. That's, true. that's right. Sharon, can you talk a little bit about getting um, the our actor that plays Huel? Lavelle Crawford. Yeah. Lavelle Crawford. You know that came through the traditional casting process where we saw a lot of actors you know it's very specific Vincent wanted a very large man because um, of some things that he knew was going to happen in yeah. the future so you have to see a lot of actors um, and we did and one of the fun things we do throughout the season was we try to guess who Vince is going to pick. Oh, do y'all because have a pool? Do you How put money on it? Really? We don't put money on it. No. But can I, can he I get just, in on the action and make a little money? He yeah. couldn't do it for the first three seasons. He just, we were like, damn, we're terrible about this. But oh, really? We, you yeah. could never guess? Not the first three. Okay. By four and five, yeah. we really I, I remember what you guys called up and said, with regards to LaBelle, you, you, you called up and said, we found him. We've yeah. got him. You yeah. guys knew, hands down, you had the right guy. Scott, our casting associate, said, "We got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's him. Yeah. And He's you know, that was one of them where we're like, okay, we, and we another know stand-up, yeah. like Bill Burr, and another, another stand-up. stand-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, we've had wonderful 
stand-up. Between Bob, well, Bob, I don't know if Bob's I remember a stand-up, Michelle but called I mean, me once to say that that day on the set, off camera, was one of the funniest days. It was Bill Burr. Lavelle Crawford, Bob Odenkirk, Brian Cranston. It oh, was yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. and, and these guys were trying their jokes out on each other. And uh, I, I would—I felt bad having to pry them away to go shoot the scene because it was so entertaining was listening Brian to Was Brian good at it, too? Oh, Brian's funny. Brian's really, really funny. Really? Yeah, yeah, Brian's Brian, really funny. Right I didn't before, know Brian did, like, stand-up. You know, though. right before Brian, uh, right before we shot uh, the pilot, I mean, I already knew I, you know, Brian was the guy, but, I mean, right before we shot the pilot, I want to say uh, there was a very short-lived NBC show where, where people came on and did, did um, not stand-up, but came on and did, uh, what do you call it, uh, Improv, 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 improv. and he—it was a little contest with famous people, and he won that night. And Mm -hmm. he was fantastic. It was all improv, and he was fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, no. It was uh, Stu, our documentarian, on set that day. I hope some of that stuff got shot. Oh, was he there? I, you know, I don't, I don't remember. Um, But be good uh, to see some of that. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are just—it's—it's always entertaining having them. He wasn't there. Ah, So the scene though, where uh, Hewell is alone in the safe house, and Hank and and uh, Gomez come over to sort of fool him. One of the funniest scenes. uh, I did cut that one, and it was hilarious. Because he writes some of the greatest. I mean, he. You write some of the greatest lines. Did you write the part, or, or did George? I mean, did you? How much was George? How much? These actors. Did you guys actors. do These it? Writers like, write like, their like when he's like, like that. The one of the funniest lines to me is like, "Well, you ain't talking to folks who in the know." No, no, that was George. No, 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 no. That's no, that was George. That was, that's that's was, so. Yeah. That's that's so. That's hilarious. George, you did a great job. Yeah. yeah, no, that was great. Because Vince, a... you've written stuff like that too when you wrote the X Files, one of my favorite um, episodes oh, uh, of Ke- X Cops. Uh, uh, Stephen Eady. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that you didn't write that, did you? you? And make you told love me you did. To me. <laughs> no, George wrote a great scene. That's awesome. It's hilariously funny where he's talking about you know where where the money you know where he doesn't know what the money is and or he doesn't know where the money is and yeah. you know seven barrels. Got him at Home Depot. Got him at Home Depot. <laughs> when Lavelle's got such great eyes too. When oh, he yeah. when those eyes pop open, it's like. Oh and my then God. also you did a little X Files shout out, you know, in that scene where you mm-hmm. oh, yeah. gave the rental car company. Larry, we we couldn't use a real rental car company because of the stuff that comes later about uh, they used to have GPS and then the ACLU sued them, so uh, we had to make up one. And I figured I'd give a shout out to X Files, Lariat. Car rental, which is made up, was was the uh, rental car company of choice for agents Mulder and Scully yep. for many seasons, I yep. believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lariat on Candelaria and Monroe. Monroe, <laughs> he's he's great. Lavelle's great. But We've anyway, had a lot so of great success with uh, stand-ups mm-hmm. on this show. They're, they're, it doesn't. It's not a, a sure thing that a stand-up can be an excellent actor, but man, ours have really. They're just wonderful. Really risen to the occasion. Just uh, very multi-talented people. You don't see people. the ones that can't do it. Okay, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. So, so uh, in the meantime, Walt has gone to the compound, Jack's compound, to uh, uh, get Jack to, you know, to figure out terms on killing Jesse Pinkman yeah. for him. And uh, Jack is like, he makes him another deal that Walt, I guess, didn't see coming, which is kind of surprising for Walt. But because, um, you know, he usually sees, you know, he can usually forecast a lot of things. But I think Walt's got a lot on him these yeah. days. But, yeah, but, he says uh, he's got to got to cook. He wants gotta, him to cook again. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'll pay you triple. And, you know, Jack says that's dropping the bucket compared to what we can make with the blue stuff. Um, and he kind of has Walt over a barrel at that point. So 
Walt says he'll do it one more time. One time. One cook, he says. Yeah. And it's just funny how you shot that, Michelle, because uh, he, you can see the disgust when Jack offers his hand to shake on it. You can just see mm-hmm. the disgust, and it's it's a really nice shot of it's a close up of Walt, and it you know it's a shot that we you went ahead and let them take their time with, and we don't cut away from it. We let it sit on screen where he's just disgusted and finally gets up to shake his hand and. Well, you know, uh, uh, there's a swastika, um, and I can't remember the way we've cut it now, whether you actually see it, but but on the, his right hand, Jack has a swastika. So when what Brian was looking at when that hand was stuck out was was uh, the swastika mm-hmm. yeah. tattoo. And uh, and as, as Brian does, he you know makes the most of everything and just you get those little nuances. So now Walt is basically, and starting in the next act, Walt is putting this plan into place, try and flush out Jesse Pinkman. And he goes to Andrea and we get to see this great, great little moment with uh, Walt and Brock Mm -hmm. yet again, like one little moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, what actually happened there? We don't, you know, but uh, Brock just doesn't really give him much. It's the the actor, that that kid is great. great Yeah. Ian's great. Um, Ian Posada. Posada. And Ian is, is wonderful. And if you've noticed as, as Ian, you know, if we've gotten later episodes, he's always sitting down. Because when Ian started, he was one age, and of course, he's a, he's a lot older now. Uh, and so oh, we, we so he's uh, bigger. Yeah, he's bigger. Five. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually have set dressing for a slightly lower chair for that table, so that you know he looked a little bit more kid height. Um, and Ian's great. Ian's wonderful. Ian takes direction really, really well. Well, it's funny. I will mention too on that scene. That, you know, you'll never hear this. Um, probably, I can't imagine him being any outtakes, but. That scene goes on for a while um, because Walt has to talk to Andrea and he kind of has to like, you know, uh, cajole Andrea into helping him, you know, in in some way to find Jesse Pinkman. And he has to be all sincere. But the whole time, you are you know, that you've got little Brock in that episode and he's eating and he's got to be keep eating. And every once in a while, you know, he'll sit there and just kind of watch the conversation in, in some of the takes. And you'll hear Michelle directing in the background, Brock, keep eating, keep eating. <laughs> well, and Brock, Poor keep eating. I would check in with them. I'd check in with them and I'd, and I'd tell him, and some of the takes, you'll also hear me yell out, you can stop eating. Oh. Um, because he, you know, the poor little guy had to eat a lot of Fruit yeah, Loops. So fruit I, loops. you know, I said to his parents, don't. Don't feed him before you bring bring him in, but um, for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you It'd know, be funny if you heard this. Uh, <laughs> he falls out of his chair Ooh, sideways. Just but we were, you know, he, oh, sorry about that. He had to eat a lot of fruit loops, and of course, like me, a little kid would. When we first started, he was eating faster, and I said, "No, Ian, eat slowly. You're reading the cereal box because you're going to have to eat a lot today." And I said, "Tell me if you feel like you're." getting too full or anything like that and he did he did a great job he did a great it was job. just funny because i would stop lo- looking at him i was looking at the scene past him basically and then every you know i wouldn't even notice that he'd stop eating but then i'd hear michelle like say brock keep eating and he'd like <laughs> and he'd just start eating again it was very very cute it was very he found out later he's allergic to fruit loops <laughs> <laughs> he's a trooper sounds he's, like child abuse to me <laughs> how cute this is head blew up like a balloon but anyway so so andrea makes this phone call and uh and you know. emily rios by the way and the, she's oh, so yes, she's emily so rios. good and uh boy they really do seem like uh mother and uh, son don't they they really mm-hmm. yeah. they really that was a great find uh, uh sharon uh, emily when you found uh, her for us yeah it's you know what's nice is that typically in probably network television not so much as cable emily doesn't work as much as she should and she's so talented 
because they're always looking for that same like hot Latina girl, you know, and that's not really how all Latinas look. And I think Emily's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. But she's very real beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she got such a wonderful opportunity on Breaking Bad to play such a, you know, heartfelt character. Yeah. yeah so. And she's so great. She's such a treat to work with. Yeah. 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 She's wonderful. So what was her big breakthrough? She started in a movie called uh, Qu- uh, Kin- Kin- she was in Friday Night Lights as well too. Yeah. Kinsinera. Kinsinera. Yeah, and and was she on Friday Night Lights? She was in Friday Night Lights. She was in Men of a Certain Age, and but so so Andrea makes a call to Jesse's voicemail to the new number that Walt has, which Hank has, you know, gotten Jesse's phone, and we find out that Hello Kitty phone. Yeah, a little this Hello Kitty phone that Saul gave him, but but Hank intercepts the message, and he doesn't tell Jesse about it. Um, and, uh, and so now in that same, at that same point, he's coming home to tell Jesse and Gomez that they don't in fact have a GPS. They thought that they might be able to talk to the rental car company Mm -hmm. and get a GPS. They don't in fact have a GPS, but Walt doesn't know that. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) There used to be a whole scene where Hank went in and talked to the... Yeah. I I miss that scene. Yeah, it was fun. I gotta say... 512 and 513 to me felt like two of the most painful episodes to break. They were they were really hard. Uh, That's right. You know, I forget the pain. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob Bowman, uh, the wonderful producer, director in X-Files, used to say the pain fades, but the glory remains. So I, and it's true. They were, and, they were two tough episodes. But they were, what was so tough about them? It was. Uh, there were just so many different ways to go. And there were just different disagreements about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And what we needed to show or what we could get away without showing. And it just, it just was, it just felt like we were really at the bottom of a huge mountain at the, when we were doing those two episodes. My God, now that you remind me 12, which we talked about uh, last week on the podcast is uh, that was, that was like insanely hard. We, we, we broke it. Yeah. T- yeah Cause uh, yeah. Gordon is, sits in the room with us and he types down everything we say, which is luckily not, not everything. <laughs> <laughs> luckily not everything. <laughs> But was it, we broke an entire act, and then it, uh, yeah, and then we threw I mean, it out, right? Or pretty much, yeah. And and we re we reassessed where eleven was going to end several times. Mm. Um, yeah. It took figuring out where things fell. Yeah, yeah. In acts, ending acts, and where the episodes would end, and what what stuff that was comes up in five fourteen may have been in five thirteen at the end. It was just oh, yeah. everything was moving around like crazy. It was yeah. tough. It was almost. Quite. I think it was almost two months for both those episodes. Yeah, it was. It was long. together. So each yeah. episode together. So it. it they average about was, a month each. Yeah, I think five twelve was about four, four and a half weeks, and five thirteen really was like three. Jesus. Which was That's three insane. was about average for it for for the last eight. But well, we again, I gotta say, I probably said it before. I'm thankful. I'm grateful to the schedule we managed to have on this show. Uh, yeah, other TV shows don't don't, don't get the schedule. We are yeah, very lucky like, to have this you long. You get twenty time. days to break a whole season. A, you know, a, a, an episode a day. Well, Vince, when it, we, at the <laughs> not beginning. quite that bad. But <laughs> when we were setting the schedule for the season, you know, you said, you know, I, we need a minimum of three weeks to break each, each episode. episode. Every and, episode. And breaking means just the seven of us plus uh, uh, the eight of us, uh, Gordon and, uh, and all the writers uh, sitting around in a room. In this room, we're actually recording this in sitting around just talking uh and putting up those cards on the board and that doesn't even count the writing of it that's a whole separate thing yeah but yeah, yeah. it's just, but you know it just I, I i can't now do it any other way unfortunately but uh 
because you got to have that time to 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 per- peruse all your options and mm-hmm. and discard the ones that don't work. So jump like we have like one small little piece of business before we really jump to the meat of this episode um which is Saul coming to the car wash telling Walt that Hugh's missing um and he's actually like scared enough to wear a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Um and it's funny because in the background you you see it in the background of a of a car wash scene in 509 but here you really get to you see it. You don't cuz we cut it out. Oh, was it not there? It's anymore? not actually in oh, there. Oh shit. Okay. Well, you know, I'll it take was it, back. it was there. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah, you might right. talk about the billboard. Yeah, yeah. the billboard. Yeah. <laughs> the billboard. I don't think you see it in five oh nine. Although in, yeah, in one right. in one cut you did. We didn't cut around it. It just happenstance, uh, such being such yeah, as it is. Yeah. We just we we didn't see it in the final version right. of five oh nine. This, this is a, one of those things where you know it's a little it's a little fun thing um, that you guys wrote to. It's so the Saul, Saul Goodman's this, billboard. Yeah, the Saul yeah. Goodman board, billboard, which was going to be seen in five oh nine, but you see it in five thirteen. And so in five thirteen, you guys wrote into the script. Yeah. George wrote in um, uh, Walt Jr. saying, "Oh, you're up on our billboard." Yeah. yeah. And 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 R.J. Mitty was so great. He was great. This was the first time they've ever met. And he yes. and R.J. was great. He was like starstruck. He was like so starstruck. Like, he was Saul so good. Yeah. I know you. And uh, and so um, he's the only guy who likes Saul's commercials. <laughs> I, I love your commercials. I love your commercials exactly. But it's just fun because, and I think I asked you guys a couple of weeks ago in the editing room. It's like when you're shooting there. Like, you know, how long is that billboard up? I mean, did you have to put it up, like, for a whole week, or what do you do? We, we uh, no, 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 we, we take it up and down, because, oh. uh, of course, it costs money to right. to leave an advertisement up on a billboard. Yeah. But do you know if they ever got any calls? Did, did anybody ever check? Well, that's a real number. During those days. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. we know, it's a real number, and it goes to, that, I think, an AMC yeah. site with, with Saul Goodman no, on it. it goes it's to Saul Goodman's office. It's actually been established for a while since I believe you know yeah. two oh eight or something like that. Yeah, I think but so. um, that's but also do, that's stuff. Do you uh, know if anybody during those times had actually called? I mean, did they I, ever tell you? Probably. I I haven't checked in on it, but that's uh, we try to do that as much as possible. The Valmanos billboard was a real number that you can call mm-hmm. into and get a recording. You can still, which, yeah. Which my by assistant the way, Chris called it. It was so funny. He called. Would, it. He's like, yeah. oh my god. And all the funny right. stuff you hear recorded. Uh, right. uh, uh, Gordon, Gordon wrote. Gordon, Gordon wrote. I, I'm I'm much funnier than I've been. <laughs> so. But um, but anyway, so so Saul comes to the car wash, tells uh, Walt that Huel's missing. Uh, we were talking about it last week, where um, uh, in the editing room, where we we're talking about this is such a nice little moment for uh, for Walt, where he actually gets to see, excuse me, Skyler is teaching Walter Jr. about the business. And it's a really nice moment because, you know, she's like saying, okay, here's how inventory works. And he gets to like sit there and see this is what he's created. I mean, I'm sure he didn't see this coming all this time that they'd actually own a car wash and, you know, but they've actually gone legit. And this is a really nice moment for him. And he gets to like bask in it for a few short minutes. You know what? I don't know if he's basking. I have to say, uh, not, not to disagree with you, but I think... He is. There is that nice little smile he gives, where yeah. it's like, "This is my family, and this is what I'm trying hard to protect." But it's a bittersweet moment. There's, it's the the <laughs> ship is the, the the horse is so far out of the barn at this point. There's no. It's very hard to bask at this point. He's, he's so he's so beset from all sides here. And at then this point. the moment is broken by a text message yeah. with the, a picture of a barrel full of money. And Jesse Penguin saying, get my text, bitch, or whatever he yeah. says to him. Yeah. And uh, at that point, we're on a race, a race against, you know, time and, you know, 
getting to Walt, who can get to Walt's money first. And to tell all of you guys out there, um, uh, that whole scene in the car was shot amazingly great in, in, front of, in, in a studio in front of a green screen. Hopefully they're not saying, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really Duh. hoping that. We, we, as yeah. a, at this point, we haven't seen it. We have not the seen final it finished. Right. But we have right. great, great, great visual effects. We do. We Bill have Pulaski. a great visual effects team. They've yeah. blown off Gus's face. And, and, yeah. They've yeah. done, you know. And I would just, just, just to clarify yeah. that, because. They made a fly out of nothing. That's right. <laughs> the, 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 what was shot against green screen, of course, was Walt in the car. Mm-hmm. But we did have to shoot all the the exterior drive-by pieces. Oh, those and were on. Those were on stage too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and all the plates and everything. So that it was it was actually uh, quite a challenge. Yeah, yeah it was a huge challenge. And you know what? It's funny because um, when I was working with you guys last week on cutting the thing, I know it was a very very long process. Um, it, it tried all of our patients. Um, it took hours. I think the scene is probably like what three, three or four minutes, and it took every single bit of all the skill that we all had, as far as patience, as far as you know, manipulation, making this stuff work, and looking at every single little bit of it. Because not only do we have to look at Walt's performance, we have to look at what's actually going on outside these windows, depending on which one yeah. we decide to use. Yeah. Um, Vince, you're incredibly meticulous. I use that as a compliment because if they swerve inside, they got to swerve outside the road needs to look like it curved all of these things have to be in play and it was a really really hard hard thing to do it's something that i had never done before yeah. well and every time you change a cut you know if you want to try something different you've got to think about what you're what's going to be what's outside, outside. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to think about did we have this the a very similar performance that we like you know what's going on mm-hmm. but what i was going to also say is when i got the scene in all i had was green screen and waltz performance yeah. i had no idea what it was going to be we also because oh, we hadn't shot the exterior yeah yet. we hadn't yeah. shot him we had, right. i had no idea what anything was going to look like you know and so all i could do was cut Walt's performance yeah. and Jesse's yeah. but Jesse they actually recorded that together right they did, they, yeah. they did record See, together. Jesse was in a obviously a different realm mm-hmm. um, but they were they could hear each other they would talk on yeah. the, they were talking together mm-hmm. they were actually recording together did Jesse um, did Walt uh, Brian have an earwig or something he was listening to and is stuck in his or ear? was he on the phone um was I think he, he was yeah, I think he was on the phone oh, yeah, they were yeah he was on the phone, phone. I'm trying oh. to remember it's funny we because you know just like I can change up Walt's performance by changing takes I could actually, cha- and I know I did actually change up different takes of Jesse as well. Well, because we, because even though Walt um, could hear Jesse on the phone, we were recording Jesse separately, oh, so that you had mm-hmm. good and, sound and for where that. Where was yeah. he? So we're on the <laughs> we, sound stage. Where was where we was put him in a. Um, a room we were on uh, stage three and yeah. so those offices outside there yeah. were not being used so yeah. we put him in an office in there because huh. uh we had to get him we had to get some distance yeah. on him so because they couldn't. were bleeding through so right. yeah yeah um the yeah. other thing that was that was interesting because like i said this was new to me i had never done anything like this before because um there were there were breaks that you guys had written into the conversation yeah. for going out to the exterior seeing the car buzz yeah. by and stuff like that well, plus but the distance be, they were driving yeah, yeah. these yeah. could be changed and the and the thing is is that when i first got i didn't have any of that stuff either mm-hmm. you know and to keep the energy up on this conversation because it's supposed to be constant yeah you know they there are there aren't breaks where they're like oh hold on a second let me change the station or anything like that this has to be constant so going away from the conversation just to go outside and have the car zoom by was like a big deal and we had and i we had to pick our the places where we're going to do that to not lose 
you know, the, the intensity of that conversation. Oh, yeah. It was really tricky. It was one of the hardest things that I've done. Oh, yeah. I haven't done that before. A lot of great shots, a lot of great drive-by stuff. You got the interstitial stuff. My favorite of all is that following shot when you follow over that that uh, downtown uh, the bridge that that bridge mm-hmm. that overpass that goes over the train yard downtown we we yeah. um we mounted a camera on another 300 on the front of the free 300 yeah and we had a stuntman drive Driving. that car that, that and then i sat beside effective. him it was yeah. really scary yeah, and you were going cool. like 60 miles an hour we were going downtown. 60 miles an hour yeah well we of course controlled the street and we controlled all the other vehicles so those were other stunt drivers that he was he was yeah. passing and in the in the distance it was uh it was precision drivers but the we had four stunt driver cars that he was uh weaving around and, and it at was the, at the red light you had hidden police on either side we did, to yeah. stop and yeah. track and it right. was and funny that, because yeah. i i just want to mention that i always thought as michelle always thought we were gonna uh in visual effects we were gonna just change the red lights to green but you came in and you're like that's badass he should run those red lights. of course lines. he should why in god's <laughs> name would we change them to green he's running I, I just never even thought of it about him that you know but yeah it's actually really cool good so um that was something that i know michelle you said you, you never wanted to do anything like that as far as like... Well, it's, let me that. just clarify. It's, it is, you know, it, it's always nice to do things um, practically. Yeah. And I would have loved to have shot that practically. Had Brian in a car driving mm-hmm. through those streets because it takes a huge amount of time to shoot all those pieces. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a green screen day, which mm-hmm. we shot on stage with the actors. We had... Um, a plates day, which yeah. we were driving through, and we actually did that on the same day as we did all the the drive-bys and everything. Yeah. And then we had to do the bridge stunt, which again we did that on the on the green screen day. So we started with the bridge stunt, then we moved to the stage and did the green screen. It was a lot of different elements, and for four minute scene that you, that you have to piece together. And uh, you know, if if we were able, and hopefully, if the visual effects work as well as we hope that they will work with our wonderful Bill Pulowski, it'll it'll look great and it'll, it'll be wonderful. But, um, and it's really probably, as you said, Vince, the only way to shoot it because we couldn't afford to control all those streets for for all the distances oh, that we yeah, had for to all drive. The distance, it would have been, no and the other thing yeah. I'll yeah, mention. Be like Michael Cimino, I mean, we, 1978 level. You know, yeah. like, I mean, also, by the way, even if you could have that much shooting time, to, to do those number of takes with that much dialogue with the actual actor either being towed or driving the car. Even then, you couldn't go fast enough. You couldn't. So. And, and in fact, what we had to do, because we, when we were shooting the plates for the, the city stuff, other than just around the bridge, we couldn't afford to con- control all those streets, but we needed a long distance. So we had police escorts, but we were driving with regular traffic, and then we sped up the plates outside the vehicles, and we shot those on on our way out to the desert to shoot the drive-by and drive-bys and the plates out in the desert you know we only had a day to do that stuff so we had to be really you know smart about it and we had to to steal steal a lot of it we had permission to do it but we were the thing that i was told too is that on the freeway you can shoot in front or behind and behind but you're not allowed to shoot on the sides so you know i thought it was incredible planning when you guys have that shot of walt's car you know, coming out of traffic, you know, passing on the freeway, and then we jump inside, and we're jumping inside on the side where you, all you see is right. is uh, is background. What do you and mean I'll, you I'll tell you, shoot on the side. You well, mean, because you, you mean you on couldn't... the freeway, we weren't allowed to, to control that freeway. So well, he, you weren't able to park on the side of the freeway. No, no, no. We were not allowed to put cameras out on the side. Oh, oh out, outriggers because they might go into the it, other it, lane. Exactly. I so see. we had right. to, everything had to be, we had to drive at the speed limit. Um, and so the, the funny thing is, is when we were shooting off the bridge for the freeway and you see that shot of the 300 coming out behind those trucks, 
we had to stay within the speed limit. So we had to make it look like he was going faster. Well, all those semi trucks are speeding. Yeah. And we kept, they, they kept overtaking the 300. And we couldn't say, we had cops with us, and we couldn't tell the stuntman to, to, to speed. And I, we, 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 but we did say to the cops, we go, do you ever give these guys tickets? I mean, these, <laughs> could you do that now? Yeah. Get them off the road. <laughs> so we're like running way long, and I don't want to miss anything. So let's jump ahead. We Walt gets to the to Hajali's site, the site of his GPS numbers. Yes. He obviously sees that Jesse has has you know faked him out. Yeah. Um, he's mad at, as hell at himself. He takes the phone apart so it can't be traced by GPS. Right. Um, he runs up to the you know the top of this bluff and then he sees a cowhouse hill. We call it because that's hill. the very hill that he's standing on in the pilot. That's where Jesse you saw way in the distance. He appears on top of that little rise, that little hill, mm-hmm. and he says, "I don't see nobody out here, man. Just some like." You know, like cow houses, you know, where the cows live. For the cows. For the cows, you know. So (laughs) they call that cow house hill ever since then. (laughs) But, um, uh, and then he sees a car coming. So he runs all the way across. And, you know, we've we've, um, kind of shortened uh, Walt's distance a little bit visually in in this show. But, I mean, Brian had to do that take, run across that big, huge gully. I mean, you get to see it. I don't think we've shortened it. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't shortened it visually. I mean, we wanted that distance. We've just shortened the time it took there for him to get editorially. But you get to see the whole distance when he's walking Mm -hmm. a little bit later across it. And Brian had to do it a bunch of times. He was, like, huffing. He's got to, he obviously has to play his lung cancer, but he was like. Well, you're also, you're, you know, that general (laughs) area, you're about a mile up in in, uh, altitude. Oh, okay, yeah. it out of you. Brian you know, Cranston never complains, though. He is no, all he's all about uh, doing the best thing for the character, and and he's amazing. And he, just, he did run a lot that day. It was just funny to watch him to watch him run take after take across that <laughs> across that expanse. But he gets to the other side of that rock, and then you know he calls Jack, and he's like, you know, Jesse Pinkman is coming to kill me. I need you guys to come out here, and he pulls out that lottery ticket, and he gives him the coordinates. And at that point. I'm sure, I mean, I've been joking about it in the editing room at that point. I know everybody is on the phone looking at their watch going, okay, how much time is left in the episode and what's going to happen next? And then we see that uh, that Hank, it's not only Jesse, but Hank is pulled up with Gomez and Walt is in trouble because yeah. he doesn't want to do anything to Hank, but and he tells Jack, do not come. And it's like, okay. Which I think is... <laughs> you know, it's hard to, to ascribe heroism to Walter White at this late date, but I mean that's that's, her, that's kind of heroic. I mean, maybe Jack could get him out of this thing, except that he's not going to do that to his brother-in-law. But he is so betrayed at that point too. You know, it's one thing. Seems to me it's one thing for uh, for Jesse Pinkman to want to kill him. He can understand that. He can get his mind around that. But it's another thing for Jesse to rat him out and betray him. That's that's with a whole his brother-in-law. with his whole. That's a that's a bridge. That's like five bridges too far. That's like uh, kill kill me. Yeah, I mean I get it, you know. But but not you know. Don't be a rat. Nobody. You know that's like the worst thing you can do. How could you do that? So he he's making this decision basically in that one long shot that you have. Uh, I guess it's a as a push in a long push in shot that you have, mm-hmm. where he's making a decision that you know he's got to give himself up at this point. You know, does he? Do you think he has a plan? Though he has a plan at that point. You no, you know, but Brian and I talked about this. That this, that that um, he felt feels at that moment it was the most impotent moment of him in 
in in the up to up to that date um in that he's he he's, he's got nothing he's got nothing he is he's he doesn't have a plan and he you know and he's and yet the start of act four yeah makes me i and i you know what see you know folks listening see if you felt this way when you watched it i it didn't even occur to me because we were so deep into the writing of it. Watching it cut together in the editing room, suddenly I thought, you know what? I, I almost forgot that I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, he has to have a plan. Right. He comes out from behind the rock, and he's like, and he's and he's he seems kind of weird, weirdly serene, and he's got the gun in his hand. Oh no, wait! He throws down the gun at that point, but then he comes forward, and but still, he's got to have a plan. He's got to. Ninjas are going to come fast roping down from <laughs> helicopters. Something's going to happen. No, he's got no plan. He's just screwed. That's when I feel like people are like looking at their watch like, this can't be it. This can't be the end for Walter White. It can't be. You know, shit, how many episodes did they say they were going to do for the finale? You know, for, for the last season? Wait, this can't be. How is it possible that it ends like this? And Walt goes ahead. He, you know, Hank puts the cuffs on him, reads him his rights. Yeah. Jesse comes up and I mean he's just so angry with Jesse and you know he calls him you know a coward right he mm -hmm. just coward. coward which is better than rat there's a couple of takes where he called him a rat, rat and and coward, a coward, coward yeah. is better coward was the right I don't even know if I can't even remember now if that was in the script no it wasn't I think it was just Brian wanted to to is that true? That. So yeah, he calls yeah. him. Oh. Um, but I, I, I like just coward. coward is more fundamental. Better. It's more yeah. profound. Yeah. And and then, we, so we made sure we got that. And yeah. that, that actually, remember, if we, we changed the act break on that. Because yeah, we did. The, yeah, we, the, did. Um, we actually did. The act break yeah. was supposed to be, it was written um, for once the cuffs go on. And yeah. then we changed it to the push in behind the rock. Yeah. And in that, we go out on act three in that moment of yeah. what's, you know, what's he going to yeah. do? We did that in part because act four in the original version would have been like three and a half minutes yeah. long. We we needed more With length. Credits. Yeah, <laughs> we needed we needed more length, but also it, it feels right now. It feels yeah, right. Yeah. No, it feels better. good. Yeah, yeah it, it worked good. out. Worked but out then, well. uh, we then Jesse stuff. comes and spits in Hank's face. I mean, in Walt's face. He really did it. Yeah. We had a take uh, in one cut where where it, you see stuff come from off camera, and that was done with the special effects guys' help. And then, but the take we used, he's really doing it. That's not, that's not, that's not he added is, in he, digitally. He's really yeah, spitting in his he face. He is. I mean, the, the special effects rig was, uh, is, is, I think, a little bit too much. But we uh, we did put stuff in Jesse's mouth. I mean, so he's not, it's not actual Somebody saliva. else's spit. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Somebody worse. <laughs> Although, you know, Tom's, I, ta I talked Tom's. to, I talked to Brian ahead of time and I said, you know, are, are you okay? But for Aaron to spit in your face and Brian was cute he said well it's Aaron yeah okay that's you know that's I'm fine but that's but we went to that we had the version of what came from off camera but the version that's in unless something changes after we record this the version that's in the cut is, 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 is a wide a wider yeah. two shot of, 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 of Aaron I mean, yeah Aaron actually was not spitting. added in digitally he's nope. really he's really Do you have other yeah. ideas is there a reason why this would change no I'm just okay. saying you know I just, I'm, I'm very <laughs> like, cautious I don't know about this <laughs> I'm very cautious but the, but uh, I, I, I point that out not to be gross, but just to say, you know, this is the level of dedication of these guys. They just, you know, mm -hmm. they're, that was probably, you know, we, we had Anna and uh, uh, Betsy in here uh, a couple of podcasts previous to this one, and you could really hear them just over the microphone how emotional they got talking about these scenes and how hard it was to play them. I'm sure this was a, I can't speak for these guys, but if I wish we had them here, Brian and Aaron, they just weren't able to make it today, but uh, but they, I got to think this was a tough scene to play for these guys. Well, um, you know, absolutely, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, in, in, in uh, Walt's mind, uh, Jesse just 
stabbed him in the back and yeah. and and you know the the level of of what's the word i'm looking for uh, um you know when you commitment betrayal betrayal so thank oh, you yeah. the level of betrayal is beyond anything that walt had imagined i mean he did not think it in all the things that walter white thinks about in all the his conniving and manipulation and everything it did not occur to him that jesse was working with hank yeah. and when he shows up to, you know with with those two together that is that is the ultimate betrayal for him and yeah. he, he his first moment of betrayal is is complete and utter devastation and oh my god i'm completely fucked what am i going to do yeah. and then anger you know takes over like yeah. he's 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 so frigging profound bitterness yeah but talking about how hard it was to break these episodes that was something else that we talked about was well walt's got to know that he's Jesse oh, is God, with Hank. Yeah. I mean, we went over and over. Of, over and Walt over. figures out, oh, Jesse, of course, is working with Hank. And then we thought, no, that's he would never think. He would yeah. never think. He's got a blind a, spot for that Jesse. Was a long, yeah. That was another Jesse long. Jesse may want to burn my house down. He may want to kill me. He may want to shoot me in the face. And you know what? I, I can get behind that to a certain point. <laughs> Although I got to explain to him. I'll make it clear to him. Yeah. But Jesse will never betray me. Right. No, and also you guys set it up so great. The fact that, that Hank and Jesse have a history just also, you know, is the icing on the cake of there's no way that Jesse would ever work with Hank. That's one of his enemies. But you know, this I want to, and I know we're stretched for time here, but I, I want to say real quick. Now, I'll be interested when this thing actually airs, uh, hearing anecdotally people's reactions uh, as I'm wont to do, anecdotally. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you guys will keep me apprised. But but i got to think there's going to be a contingent. I'm guessing there's going to be a contingent of the audience who's like, that slack-jawed little rat. That's not our Jesse. He's not a rat. How could he rat out? Shoot him in the face. Burn his house down, but don't rat him out. But to me, you know... There are worse things than being a being a being a police informant. One of them is, uh, you know, cooking meth and poisoning children and bringing airliners down out of the sky. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, who's who's the worst guy here? You know, so uh, well, and wh- food yeah, for thought. Really, you know, just to remember that Walt was planning on having him killed for God's sake. And so, yeah, you know, Walt was Jesus, planning on having him like, killed. You know, Walt was going to kill. So who him, do you so? root for here? It's yeah. it's 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 purposefully. It's meant to be purposefully muddled and i mean not muddled i mean it's 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 complicated it is very complicated is you you should have ambivalent feelings about you know who do i root for here and uh and then obviously they fight and uh hank and gomez separate the two of them and then jack's gang rolls yeah. in oh no no wait we have to hank, talk hank about calls hank's marie. calls marie yeah, hank calls marie hank calls marie i got him and he does the popeye doyle wave popeye doyle he, wave, he really right. wanted to the do French connection. Yeah, yeah exactly and he's just so you can see on his face he's just glowing he's just so excited because he feels i mean you know he's he's vindicated mm-hmm. you know he's he's done it the you weight know, is lifted he's got all of uh you know the phone call was a great a device that it didn't even occur to me until much later when I was, you know, cutting the show that you guys used the phone call of Jesse's to actually get him to confess these to these murders. I'm right. like, oh my god, because I kept going, why couldn't they arrest him any other time? And I'm like, oh yeah, I get mm-hmm. it now. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that was it was genius. And then, uh, and then Hank calls Marie and she's like, I love you, and and then he says. It might take me a couple minutes to get home. A little while. A little while. It might take me a little bit longer to get home. And then I know that people are looking at their watch at that point going, okay, 
something's got to happen, and then it does. And then it does. And i got to say, too, Stephen Michael Quezada, his agent Gomez, a wonderful job. And obviously, he Dan, did. wonderful And you job. know what's wonderful, too, that you guys, guys did for him is that you didn't have him. I mean, he he's ready at that point to give it up to Hank, you know, because he's he's wanted to support Hank. And then Hank has gone kind of rogue, maybe crazy. And, you know, I mean, just, you know, sort of and. You know, but he, but uh, uh, Gomez has been behind him, and even yeah. at this point, he's not. You know, he he's sincere when he says, you know, you did it. You know, yeah. he you did. did it. He did it. It's a, it's a nice moment between those guys when there's when, two. Uh, but right yeah, before what, he's I about to read him his right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my says, favorite moment. Yeah. He says, yeah. he says, should we flip for the honors? Is no, nah, man. It's no, all you. It's all you. And, and, and that's and that's Gomez's way of saying you've been right all along. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 you it. know, and, and Betsy, Betsy's so good in that phone call. Right. Yeah. Just wonderful uh, emotion, quiet emotion, quiet, grateful. You know, it's a lifting of, 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 of you know, it's the long nightmare. It's, it's still going to be going to go on for a while, but it's, it's lifting. There's light at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse, you know, during that whole thing, Jesse has had no idea. Walt, you know, kind of. I mean, I guess Walt knows when he sees those cars what's going to happen. Yeah. And Jesse is trying to get out of uh, Walt's car. He's in Walt's car. And he's not in cuffs, so he's trying to get out the door. Yeah. And Jack comes over there, and, you know, they're calling from their car. And you have that great shot where it's, you know, across. They, you see the standoff mm-hmm. that the two mm-hmm. the two factions are making. And, you know, it's like, how the, these guys are so overpowered. I, I get it. I just give a quick shout out to our Jacks guys, you know, which obviously we have Jesse Plemons and Michael Bowen and Tate Fletcher and uh, Matt Metzler, Kevin Rankin and Patrick Sane, because those guys did an amazing and job. And I got a shout yeah. out to your your guys who handled all the guns because. <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, because well, I know don't know the did. guys, but boy, you know, there's a lot of work going on out there. Yeah, those we those guys. We had a guy uh, named uh, yeah. Brett who was who was amazing. And um, what we did and is Mark we had. Uh, not, uh, Mark uh, Mike, uh, Mark Hansen. Uh, yeah, well, he uh, brought in Brett, who's our, yeah, our, our, our prop master, Mark. Yeah. Um, and what we did is, is uh, Mark Hansen arranged for these guys to go to a shooting range ahead of time to learn how to fire these guns because these were not I don't know if these guys know how to 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 hire uh, to fire uh, regular guns but these were some complicated weapons and we wanted these guys to look like they were experienced in firing them so they actually all went out to a shooting range and learned how to to fire these guns and then uh, Brett the the armor he was he was amazing and 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 really made it everything go very smoothly. You got some interesting guns in there you don't normally see. We got that handpicked by you. Yeah, we got that AA12 uh, automatic shotgun, which is just scary that Kevin Rankin's using. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Matt's got an old BAR, an old Browning automatic rifle, which is the old uh, Bonnie and Clyde. That was uh, uh, Clyde Barrow's uh, preferred uh, weapon. Uh, old. Uh, John Browning designed. It's probably a hundred years old now. Any my idea how many rounds that you actually shot out there? Nope. And I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious because you know we talked before about that's on you know it's on Indian land. It's on Navajo land. Uh-huh. You know, obviously, I'm sure that there's plenty of you know permits and stuff that you have to get. That's kind of a little bit different. But you know, what about the cleanup of all of that? I mean, there's a lot of you know. I mean, those. We just kind of sneak off and leave it there. Oh, right. <laughs> just get a big rake or something. Our greensmen, our greensmen out there, did an amazing job. Not only did they have to clean that all up, but also um, that 
that was a road that that where the where the money's buried and where the shootout happens. It was an actual um, road there that we had to cover up and make it look like oh, we were serious? out in the, very in much the a desert. Dirt road. It was a dirt road, wow. but it was very much not a, like asphalt. Yeah, yeah, it was an asphalt, yeah. but it was still those guys were would spend all day raking and putting plants in and and trying to make it look less trodden. Oh yeah, they worked their butts no off. And these, yeah. these, these guys do such a wonderful job, and and you got a hundred people wandering around with like water bottles in their hands, staring mm-hmm. at the sun, and like <laughs> wandering through this area you just raked clean, yeah. you know. And and uh, also with the digging, and and in your previous episode, you know, yeah. you got to get rid of the tire tracks of the backhoe every yeah. time it comes in. You, there's yeah. a lot of the greensmen uh, do a lot of. We yeah, I think we had we had three greens guys out there, three or five. I can't remember. I think it was three, and these guys busted their butts, and they were they were awesome. They made it look really good. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot of cleanup because there was there was probably a couple of thousand rounds. By the and time how much how long did your shootout take then to shoot? Well, what was really time-consuming out there was everything leading up to the to the yeah. shootout. All the 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 guy, you know, Walt arriving, and and then uh, Hank and Jesse and Gomez arriving, and then the whole arrest and all that. That took most of the time. The shootout, I guess, we sh- did the shootout in a in a day. Was was one day. pretty much. Um, that we, was one we, day, you think? Yeah, it was. Sh- wow. it, yeah, it was one day. I mean, we yeah, might have done because we were out there for that that whole all that stuff including some of the driving stuff for four days. So um, I think the majority of the, shoot- the shootout was in one day. We might have shot ha- like one and a half or, you know, one and a quarter or something. Does I that think- include all the stuff in- of inside with Walt's car, inside the car as well? You know, it was all kind of spread out all okay. over the place. I think we did inside Walt's car, we did um, one. It's probably a day and a half because we, we did at the end that we did that at the end of one day. And um uh, yeah, so it's 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 you you know you're doing pieces. You're not necessarily we shot a lot of that consecutive, but in continuity. But um, uh, you can't shoot you know everything in continuity. And so we did probably what we did is we lost the light out there really really early. We we lost the light like a fourth because you're in a canyon, like in a box right, canyon. and it was but you're you're you got the light that goes down behind those big buttes. right, and it was yeah. February was it. Uh, I think uh, it was um, March. And no, been. I think it was February because, yeah, yeah, we were shooting the late yeah, February. Yeah. yeah. So um, we lost the light early, and what would happen is, is we'd have to, we'd save something like the inside of the car with Walt for the end of the day when we could do it with a little less light because we could bring lights in mm. and, and do that kind of thing. Wow. Well. But it was it was I mean the the crew was amazing, the actors were amazing, the props guys were amazing. I mean everybody was everybody was you know it was it was, it was uh, lots of. Um, fun. I mean, the the guys firing the guns had a blast. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. dust storms out there. They whip up and they get at the dust gets yeah. and everything. And well, we did dust hits and we did car hits and all that. Ha- all that stuff had to be pre-planned. Pre-planned you know, and, all and, the squibs. And, yeah, and all that. It took weeks to put all the squibs into the into the cars. So we had to select everything that was going to be blown shot up ahead of time. That the windshields and the and the headlights and then we placed the um, Jack's guys. Like Tate Fletcher, he's an actual stunt man. We placed him in the most dangerous position um, because he knows how to, to deal with that with as far as glass breaking and everything. And um, there's and no dealing with it. If it gets in your eyes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly. Either it does or it doesn't. Well, and yeah. what what, Those guys what are tough. Uh, Gomez and Hank did. I mean. Dean and, and Stephen were fantastic. And they look good, they too. They look they good. Look yeah. good. <laughs> Stephen, shout out to St- uh, Stephen Quezada. He looked like a badass oh, with a 12-gauge badass. shotgun. And as these guys are firing these guns, there's dust hits and, and, and hits on the car going off around them and glass breaking. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like they did amazing. It's awesome. It's the most awesome yuck, shoot yuck, out ever. Yuck, yuck. So uh, this is a really long podcast. I apologize to 
all of you guys. Not that many more of them left. All of you guys that, you know, we we should have been out of here an hour and a half ago. Um, uh, We should wrap this up. We could talk more next week. Sounds good. Uh, they get much less dramatic from yeah, here. Yeah, it's, it's all be much less to But this talk was about. my favorite yeah. one. This is my favorite. This is your favorite this is one. My favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I want to thank everybody. Thank you so much for coming in, especially on a Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, thank you, Vince, Michelle, Tom Schnauz. Thank you for staying. Um, Sharon, it was so nice to see you, and I'm so glad that you came in and gave thank us you. incredible um, uh, understanding of our casting process because I certainly got schooled today about that. Uh, Gordon, as always, thank you for organizing all of this and uh, for your input as well. Thank you. He's and the Vince. producer of these podcasts. Yeah. He really Vince. is. I mean, you're the host and creator, and he's like produced uh, the heck out of these things. Well, yeah. He's produced y'all getting here anyway. <laughs> I know. Let's face it. Gordon, Gordon produces all, all of do. us all the time. Yeah. We just don't know it. <laughs> um, hey, Kelly, I just want to say one thing that, that um, uh, uh, even though I, I work full time on Breaking Bad, this is the last episode I directed. And I just, oh my God, I can't even say it. I'm going to cry. Vince Gilligan, you changed my life. Wow. Thank you. You're, you're the sweetest. And you're so, such a great director. Michelle's director. Michelle McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, you changed her life. So You changed her life. 11, so. 11 episodes? I did. I 11, did 11 out of 62. You changed her life. Can we, since we, we had the <laughs> other, we had uh, Betsy and, and Anna give shout outs. Where are you going next? I'm, I'm here. I'm in the editing room right till we uh, deliver this thing. Well, as, as, we, as, we, as we speak, uh, tomorrow evening, I think the first one aired last week, tomorrow evening, May, May, I guess 19th. May 19th, Michelle McLaren's second episode of Game of Thrones yeah. is going to be on TV. And, you know, and I'm sure that, I'm I'm sure sure that there too. are many more in your future. I know that, uh, that The Walking Dead loves you. Oh, yeah. You are like God to them oh, yeah. over That's there. So, uh, you yeah. know. Well, Don't ask me what I'm doing next. But you aren't here. You're George Masters today, oh. remember? <laughs> and I also want to thank George Masters, who, who I also did several episodes with and, and is a phenomenal writer. All our writers are so amazing. I love you guys. Sharon, <laughs> what, what's on the horizon for you? Yeah. Uh, we actually do The Walking Dead That's as well. Right. So we get to work with people like Michelle and others that we love so much um, over the past couple seasons. Casting zombies. You guys do that? We don't do the zombies. zombies. I I am a zombie. (laughs) 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 And uh, we're working on two movies right now, so it's really exciting. Busy. You're busy. Nice. Busy's good. Fantastic. You changed our life, too. Oh, God bless you. You changed mine. You guys, it's a mutual, if it sounds like a mutual love fest, it's because we all, uh, just thank you guys all, all you guys. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. Thanks, and, Kelly uh, Dixon. You're Yay. welcome. We will, we will see you all uh, next week with uh, episode 514. Damn, we've got three more to go, and that will be it. And they Yay. are awesome. That will be it. They've all been awesome. What's the name of 514? 514 is called, I don't know. What is it called? Ozymandias. Look it and up it's, uh, if you don't already know what the reference and is it's, to. And uh, it's written by Moira Wally Beckett and directed by uh, Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Ryan Johnson. The fly guy. Ryan Johnson. He is a fly guy. guy. He is fly. All right, everybody go break bad. We'll see you later. Late.